This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. There was three days of glorious bridge held at the Tauranga Bridge Club, and Barry has the result. There was lots of things going down. I even got a mention at prize giving. You did. Michael Weir made special note. He said, Barry, please make sure... And tell Mariana that it was the Wear team that won the 15A teams. I'm going to start a graph. Or is that a graph? <laughs> well, what do you, you call have, it? You already had one. And yeah, then... no, that's old news now. <laughs> 2021 started off pretty good. This is the post-COVID period of the Wear team. <laughs> yeah. Looking good. Thumbs up. So the 15A pairs was held first. And popular winners, Jeremy Fraser Hoskin and Jack James. They were excited about it too. Really awesome. So a couple of players in their 20s winning a big event like that. That's mm-hmm. good. Just behind them were Ashley Bark and Liam Milne. Well, no, they're not too old, but they're not in their 20s anymore. Well, hang on, hang on. Let's talk about age. So what's the age of the of the young ones? Well, I guess they're both mid-20s. Mid-20s? latest, actually, I might be doing them a disservice. I think Jeremy might be a little younger than that. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about Jack, but I know that he, he's not very old. Okay, so have a stab at Ashley and Liam. Well, Ashley's... Oh, he's in his 40s. Is he? And Liam? I reckon 30s. Pretty young, isn't it? When you look around the bridge room, you don't see too many 20s, 30s and 40s in there as a rule, do you? No, that's right. The restricted open pairs is held as well. One by Kinga Hachmasi and Andrew Mickle. Second were Tim Richter and Peter Daffin. Oh, wow. That's very good. It was. Oh, by the way, I did read somewhere that Akarana Club was pretty happy. They had about eight of the top 12 pairs in the 15A pairs. Pretty really? good result for the Akarana Club. How about that? Yep. Hamilton had one pair. Oh. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We've got the 15A teams, and we've already told you, no surprise, that was the Weir team. That was Michael Weir and Malcolm Mayer playing with Ken Yule and Grant Jarvis. Nice. So they came out on top over the Tislevold team. Ashley Park and Liam Milne again. Go Tislevold and Nick Jacob. I guess Ashley and... Liam felt like they were the bridesmaids. (laughs) Then the plate was won by the Fisher team. Blair and Liz Fisher playing with the Simpsons, Sam and Joe. Mm -hmm. Won that pretty convincingly. Consolation pairs taken out by Jedaloo and June Lay. Second were Hugh and Di McAllister, back from Oz and living just out of Tauranga. Very good. The top of the South 10A teams is also held over the weekend. That was won by the McCurdy team, Sandy McCurdy and Graham Stronach. Had a pretty good year. And they were playing with John Patterson and Kate Davies. Kibble team came in second. Pam Kibble, Margaret Burgess, Jenny Wilkinson and Shirley Newton. Hey, while we're speaking about that, we've actually got an interview. Thanks to the roving director, Judge Julie. And she asked Ray Kerno to do an interview for the Bridge Zone, which he has. So we will listen to that. Thank you very much, Ray. We are so appreciative of it that I'm almost not going to tell this story about Ray. But I did say only almost. Give it up. Somebody spilled the beans on him. Ooh. Well, he... Juicy. (laughs) Apparently passed on a handful of cards and it had 14 cards in it. 
Oh. And they picked up and they said, this is this is not my hand. What he'd done was he'd put the joker in there by mistake. It was the stop card. <laughs> <laughs> he passed that on in error. And then funnily enough, I think a similar thing happened at the, at the next table to him as well. So it must have been a bit of an epidemic of jokers on the weekend down there at top of the south in Marlborough. And here we go. Let's listen to Ray and... Here we are in the bridge zone. The results have just been announced and I can tell you that the McCurdy team from Wellington have won the top of the south 10A teams. We've got a couple of representatives here. They won six out of seven matches. It came down to the last match, I believe. Kate, tell us about it. The last match or the overall? Or the whole tournament. Oh, well, we started off with the Hissa Noor and we were undefeated after the first day. And then we came in this morning and we played against... Oh, the Crenninger team. And we had, I think, on both tables, we had a few pickups as well. So we were went down to seventh place. And then in the last match, we played the Henry team, which is the local team. Mm. And we beat them. And we actually had sort of worked out that we hadn't quite um, won anyway. It was all very close at the end. So we were very shocked when we heard the announcement. It must be a good feeling, Kate, to come back to home turf for you. Yeah, that's right. Well, the actual trophy is named after a great friends of mine. It's Cathy Young Trophy. She actually mentored me um, when I first started some bridge. I didn't have a bridge lesson, but they started me off. And I was, uh, in fact, we've lost another dear friend, Howard Sad, this year. But it was Howard Sad, Robin Young, Cathy Young and myself. I had a little baby that was crawling around. We used to play around at Robin's house. So he said after three sessions that he wanted to take me to the club. So I, I hadn't a clue of scoring or anything else. And we went to the club. Thank you very much. So <laughs> we went to this club and we played our bridge and I enjoyed it. And I went home and I didn't have a clue about scoring at all. And in the results the next week, it was a hate and Robin Young. 67% and I thought oh my gosh where has the 33% gone <laughs> not a bad start yeah, thought, yeah. not a bad start right. anyway so I continued and uh, played a lot with with Robin in fact we went played the top of the south which is a very great place to start with because everyone is so encouraging I can remember um, you guys coming to Westport on more than one occasion and you were lovely actually you and Phil like were the up and comers and then I do remember as well so we always like to encourage you up at the yeah and we've actually actually played before haven't we as well Phil has played with, with yeah, John yeah absolutely yeah so, so you've been mentors to us actually to to our combination so thanks very much that's Kate. great and Sandy is, is this your first time playing in Glenville I'm not sure and I played it last year um, All right. a different team yes but um, yeah I enjoyed it so much we took Kate and John and Graham coming back this year Oh, looking forward to next year. Going to come back and defend the title now. Pinched it on the calendar already. So yeah. Good one. So Sandy and um, Graham are our teammates are there. We play the interclub and we play all, oh, yes. all of the, the different areas in Wellington um, once a month, basically. Um, and we've been playing that for a few years. Um, and we decided, like after the COVID, we decided that we wanted to get around. We lost a lot of bridge last year, mm. so we wanted to get um, Sandy up to Grandmaster. So that's one of our aims as well. We no said trick. what the important thing to do is in bridge is actually set yourself a goal each year so that you can actually aim for something. Mm. If you reach that goal within the you know first few months of the year, then you reset. Mm. Uh, my aim for this year is to be top 100 of all time in New Zealand, so I'm 104 at the moment, so this is a great help. Thank you very much, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio. And, and Sandy's aim is actually to beat me on the A points um, this year as well. So. 
Well, there you go, Bridgestone listeners. Keep an eye out for Kate and Sandy and the rest of the team because they're on a mission this year. Um, Thanks, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic stuff there. Another person that's laying down a challenge for 2021. See, Barry? And since Judge Julie had something to do with that, let's go look. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Hi, guys. Here I am, sitting in the studio on my own, waiting for Marianna to turn up. She's late again, despite her New Year's resolution. Anyway, Judge Julie this week, here's the question for her. Sitting there in the 15A teams, we'd just done our score up and we'd noticed there'd been an infraction. Is it too late to call the director? We didn't actually want any result change. We were quite happy with the one we had. So I have got Law 9, which is procedure following an irregularity. Any player may draw attention to an irregularity during the auction period unless prohibited by law, deparer or either defender may draw attention to an irregularity that occurs during the play period. That prevents dummy from drawing attention to something that happens during the play. Any player, including dummy, may attempt to prevent an irregularity, which is actually a question I got asked in the weekend myself. And dummy can't call attention to an irregularity, but they can call the director after attention has been drawn to it. And there's no obligation to draw attention to an infraction of law committed by one's own side. If you revoke or do something, you don't have to put your hand up and call the director. The director should be summoned at once when attention has been drawn to the irregularity, and any player can do that. Summoning the director does not cause a player to forfeit any rights. The fact that a player draws attention to an irregularity that they have committed or their partner has doesn't affect the rights of the opponent, so you still get the full force of the law against you, even if you call the director instead of your opponent. Anyone can call. Assessment of rectification. So once you call the director, then the director alone has the right to determine the rectifications that are applicable. Players do not have the right to determine or waive rectifications on their own initiative. So you are meant to call the director, you are meant to get a ruling, and then you will get the ruling from the director. You can tell the director that you want the result to stand or whatever you want to do, but the director is in charge of determining what the actual result will be. You can't actually get the director to ignore the penalties in law, though they can decide not to apply them, apparently. They haven't got that quite right in front of me at the moment. So in this situation where obviously the call was was much later than usual because the match was over, we'd only just done the score up, we're sitting there with our teammates, found out something had happened at their table, should we, we're still obliged to point out the infraction? Once the attention's been drawn to it, you should call the director, yes. And the time for calling the director about an infraction, and this is really important because a lot of people don't get this right, is up until the time the score's final, effectively, or at the end of the round. If you revoke, say you're playing peers rather than teams, and you revoke, or someone at the table revokes, and you get a few tables further on and you think, oh, that was a bit odd, I think someone revoked, you can call the director to get a ruling. If you get to the end of the night or the session and the scores are not final for that event and you look at the hand records 
and you discover, well, that can't be right because I should have made more trips. Something happened and I'm positive they revoked. You can call the director at that point to get a ruling. Now, the ruling the director gives will be impacted by the length of time. For example, the revoke law doesn't actually apply with the penalty provisions, but they will restore equity. And we have this problem of someone saying, you did and you didn't. I think you revoked and they're saying, no, I definitely didn't. And you have to determine what actually happened. But when you call the director, they have to give you a ruling. So it's very important when you see something that's gone wrong, when you become aware of it, if you call the director, you still have recourse. If it's right out of time, if it's way, way too late, the scores are posted online and you ring up the next day, or I think we had one where Mariana had gone south of the Bombay Hills, or something <laughs> along those lines, then it might get different, okay? But the director will tell you either you can't, it's too late, scores are final, we're not changing the result, or that you're within the correction period and yes, I can change the result, may determine, be determined by talking to your opponents, or all of those things. So when things go wrong, you can call the director. So in this situation, we're playing six rounds of Swiss. Say it was the fourth round. I can't remember, actually. Say it was the fourth round, and we played the round. Obviously, you know, the draw hasn't been done for the fifth round or anything yet, so we're probably well in time there. When would be sort of too late? Normally, there's a period of time where the scores become final for each round in teams. Yes. And that would be the period that would be too late. Yep. Where you've had an opportunity to see the hand records. Yep. So that you know what the hand was. Because some of the time we don't even know that something's gone wrong until we actually see the hand. Yep. Or we see the result. That's true. And we're allowed that period of time to call the director and say, look, this is what happened. You know, I'm not happy. And the director will look at the board. And depending on what the situation is, you may or may not get an adjustment to the result. Sometimes, in the case of Swiss teams, they may not adjust it immediately, you may adjust it later because it doesn't affect the immediate draw. And we found like when we played in Australia, sometimes when matches finished late or something, there was a certain point where they actually did the draw and if some results came in slightly later or something had happened or there was a ruling that changed the result, it didn't actually apply till it was put in later. Okay, so if you... You know, we were in round four. They actually started playing in round five, and then you said, oh, hang on a minute, that can't be right. You'd probably be out of time at that point. Not necessarily. Okay. I know um, normally we have a time period that's in the regulations or something, but I directed in the weekend, and I said for the Sunday, we play teams Saturday, Sunday, I said that the results were going to be final for Saturday's results on um Friday on Sunday morning, right? Mm. Because that way I could fix up any scoring errors, da da da, da and then I could tidy things up. Okay. So if someone had come along and said, look, so and so revoked against me in match one, yes. I would be looking at it. I'd also be asking the people that played in match one if it occurred, and where there is a dispute, you need to have the play. It's less, the later you let the director know, the less likely it is that the result will be changed because clearly there is some doubt about what actually occurred or didn't occur and you have to make a decision on that basis. But if I was convinced, then yes, I'd change the result because I've been asked for a ruling. It's been made within the time frame that 
as is allowed to be, and I would restore equity, which is all that is required at that point. You don't get all two tricks traded to da 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 stuff because there is no way in the world that you can possibly do that. Okay, so it sounds like if even if it's a bit late, it's probably worth asking the question just to see if... Yeah, absolutely. If it, cool, got it. One more quick question. Did you remember to wear your shoes while you were directing on the weekend, Julie? I always wear my shoes That's now. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, one other thing. Yes. Um, I was just because I was talking to Ray Kerner. Yep. Well, anyway, Westport have got the first Pairs tournament of the year at top of the South. I think it's fifth Pairs, actually, on the 27th of February. The entries close on the 22nd. And apparently, surprisingly, there's still places. The Top of the South tournament seemed to be filling up very early this year. All grades, 8B tournaments, Swiss peers. Who's the director, so, Julie? Do you know? It is Sheila Beggs from Beggs. Nelson. Okay, I'm sure she'll be very good. Thank you very much for that. We'll talk, okay, we'll right talk to you again next week when Mariana's back to add her tuppence worth. Okay, right, Bye for now. Right, bye. Let's go off to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. What have you got for us this week? Well, my tip for this week is, if a bid could be forcing, then it is. One of the important things when you are developing a system with your partner is having that discussion, which bids are forcing. And when you're practising, it's a good idea to say, is that forcing if I bid? hearts is that forcing but it doesn't matter how experienced your partnership is you can't cover every scenario obviously so what do you do if you're not 100% sure whether a bit is forcing well my tip is that if it could be forcing then it is and take another bid if this is likely to cause you less trouble on the actual hand than if you pass what could be a forcing bid But thinking more long term, it's much better for your partnership if partner knows that you're never ever going to pass a forcing bid because there's nothing worse. We've all been there when you've bid something and then you're paying in a part score when actually you're trying to slam (laughs) and that does happen. So Mm. if it could be forcing, it's much better for your partnership if you just bid if it could be forcing. I reckon the converse of that is you often see people, particularly at Club Bridge, they're so scared that partner will pass them out that they jump to where they sort of think is the right spot when actually they really would have liked to investigate a lot more. So Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. And I was doing a lesson with one of my students and we talked about the two club opener and how unless you rebid two no trumps showing 23-24 then nobody stops bidding until you get to game. So two clubs is game force unless you've got that that balanced option. And she said to me that she played at the club and she got a two, she's playing with her husband and, you know, they both knew that this was the case and she didn't feel panicky when she got a big hand. So she knew that once she'd bid two clubs, they weren't going to stop in game. So she didn't have to unilaterally decide what that game was going to be, they could have the conversation in the auction and know that they weren't stopping below game. Okay, that's funny because I was just talking to Judge Julie about it on a similar line and she was saying it is just so common at the club for people to 
pass and a forcing auction in these situations that you see it all mm. the time um, when you're directing, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. like, and as I say, like, it's something that partnership, you know, people that are actively working on their partnerships, that's a question they need to ask a lot, is that forcing? But if you just sit down with someone and you're having a pick-up game, then it's a good little guiding principle to have. If but, it could be forcing, then it is. Okay. If in doubt, cool. bid. Yep. Okay. Wow. You could yes. end up anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you Just wait till those letters start coming in. <laughs> I ended up wherever I ended up. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Well, peeps, we have the last of our phone interview with Kim Fraser. We are loving the book that she has, and we also have the bones of the competition. So it may mean that you might have to look at a couple of earlier issues of The Bridge Zone, because we may have more than one question. But anyway, let's cross over to Kim Fraser. Hey, what about the reverse, Kim, when somebody plays really quickly? I remember reading a bit about one of the world's top players who always plays really quickly, and he said that although he admitted that he did make the occasional error from playing really quickly, he was pretty used to it, and he didn't think it happened that often, but he did notice, although it wasn't the reason, that it did induce a lot of errors from his opponents from him playing quickly, as declarer this is. What would you say about trying to focus when somebody's playing quicker than you're comfortable with? Yes, often I've played against players who are very fast. For example, in Australia, we have a player, Andrew Mill. I don't know if you know Andrew. I do. He's a good guy. So he's a very, very fast player. And and sometimes when you play against him, you know, the cards are getting slapped down and the bids are so fast. (laughs) and, And it really is quite intimidating. And it's really important when you play someone like that that you don't allow them to force you to play at their pace you try and keep your own tempo going fair enough like i say though it is sometimes easier said than done but it's once again i guess if you concentrate on it just take your time you're able to have some control of the tempo at the table well you play fast at the table you're generally one of the first to finish in particular teams events yeah, so that doesn't mean I don't make yeah. mistakes doing it, but yeah. yeah. Well, I'm quite quick, and my current partner, I've seen him sit there and take five minutes <laughs> over something, and I sit there thinking, oh, wow, I don't know what you're thinking about, but obviously there's something going on here. It is quite an interesting thing, but with all of these things, the mental skills, just like you practice card combinations and you practice how to bid and you practice your system and you practice all those things, you just need to practice your mental skills as well because you don't just automatically become good at concentrating. You have to actually work at it and focus on it and eventually if you do those things, you will improve in those mental skills and it will help. You're right. Somebody taking five minutes over a card, I know I've had partners who really struggle with that they it's called the sleep coup isn't it Kim if they think long enough the opponents go to sleep (laughs) yeah indeed it is so hard to keep your own focus if somebody's hesitating for so long well sometimes it gets to the point where you think have they gone to sleep (laughs) yes (laughs) would you like a pillow (laughs) hey so what does your bridge life look like in 2021 Kim what plans have you got 
My plans very much depends on what happens with the virus, and but I'm hoping to be able to get to some tournaments. I'd love to come over to New Zealand for your National Congress. That would be really great. I've not done it. Hey, we'd love to see you at our National Congress. We've got a great new venue, Kim's. Okay, well, hey, look, thanks very much for coming on the show, Kim. It's been great having you, and we'll look forward to catching up with you maybe in New Zealand if if we can't get over to Australia before then. That sounds great. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Mariana. That's all right. It's been a pleasure to be here. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. Fantastic. Watch out for this book. You're going to love it. And earlier in the show, I said that we've got a little snippet about age. So here is a little off-air chat that happened between myself, Barry, and Kermit. Well, I've got a little story about, because I was talking with youngsters, Jack, Jeremy and Paul, and Paul was pretty disappointed he got a score in the 30s, and I said to him, you know, you're not trying to score your age, you know, (laughs) Paul, and I said, it's all right for people like me, and Jeremy said to me, well, we'd be very impressed if you scored 70 every time you played, Pam. (laughs) Oh, God! That's a bit harsh. (laughs) I was asking for it, though. You definitely were. (laughs) Go, boy. Oh, funny, funny, funny. And to close the show, we're talking about the bridge that's happening this weekend after Barry's had three full days of bridge. I'm heading to Auckland for two, Barry. You coming up? No, I'm not. Where are you off to? I'm going to the Auckland Club to play the Waitangi Pears on Saturday, and then I'm heading to Franklin to play the Swiss Pears. I can't believe you're not playing. Everybody needs a break now and then, Mariana. You're not got open homes, have you? There's money to be made, Mariana. I'll tell you what, I got a phone call from the Waikato Bridge Club. Alan Dawkins rang me to say, hey, Mariana, play starts on Tuesday the 2nd. Are you in? And I said, no, sorry, I can't quite make it. Well, of course, Hamilton's starting up again this week. Yeah, Everybody all around the country will be getting back into bridge mode. Yes, that's good. OK, well, I think what we should do is make a plan that we go and play in a club that we've never played before in Barrie. Have you got one of them? Well, there wouldn't be too many in the Waikato I hadn't played in at some stage. What about down south? Yeah, that'd be true. There must be some there. Maybe we should make a plan. Put your hand up, clubs, if you want to see people from the bridge zone come and visit. You could have <laughs> bailiff... Judge Julie, Barry, myself, and Kermit. What more could you ask for? Wait for those impulses. Flooding in. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.